we're back for a new two out of three falls with myself, Randy Cruz, and Graham Matthews of Bleacher Report. Graham, what's up, my man? How you doing? Excited to be back as always, Randy. Ready to break down Hell in a Cell, Raw, SmackDown, all the latest happenings in WWE with you, Randy. Yeah, so Hell in a Cell was Sunday. Uh, a couple new things happened on Raw and SmackDown. We'll get to that, but you were actually at Hell in a Cell in Boston on Sunday. Uh, just wanted to get your reaction uh, for being there live, and what did you make out of the pay-per-view? Yeah, I thought it was a good show. I mean, being there, I'm not going to say, like, being there in person. It was the greatest show of all time. But even being there from an on-site, you know, from an in-person perspective, it wasn't even that really amazing of a show. I mean, I, I was at Extreme Rules this year. We were both at, you know, SummerSlam weekend. So it's really hard to compare. But um, I thought overall it was a really solid show. I think the three, obviously, the three drawing points of the pay-per-view were the Hell in the Cell matches, all of which I thought were either good to great. So at the end of the day, that was really all that mattered. I thought the crowd was good. Um, yeah, it was an enjoyable evening, I would certainly say so. Yeah, I, I thought it was a uh, you know, pretty decent, pretty good pay-per-view. Uh, you already know how I feel about you know matches being in a Hell in a Cell that really deserve mm-hmm. that, that kind of match. And um, it was so funny how we were on the show last week, and I said, well, Reigns and Rusev will probably go on first. <laughs> And they did. Um, mm-hmm. We were still unde- um, undecided on what the main event was going to be, but even though we thought it should have been Charlotte and and Sasha, which it was. And then in the middle, um, Hell in a Cell was Kevin Owens and, and Seth Rollins. I think our predictions were pretty much on point, uh, a- except the the main event. I I, I really thought Sasha was going to um, overcome Charlotte. I guess they're playing to this undefeated streak that Charlotte has on a pay-per-view. Uh, she is already a three-time women's champion. It seems that Sasha can get a victory or can uh, defend her title against Charlotte um, on a non-Monday Night Raw. So there was questions about that. And to finish, um, with that Sasha-Charlotte match, were you surprised that Charlotte won the match or, or how she won it and now... Sasha in her hometown of Boston can get a W over Charlotte. Well, even the match itself, before I talk about the finish, I thought the match itself was actually really, really good. I've seen a lot of polarizing opinions about that match specifically, not even the show itself, but that match. It was shit. It was amazing. It was incredible. It was disappointing. I was in the, I, I was in the camp that really liked it. I thought they made the most of it. Um, the second half, it kind of went downhill after the botched table spot about halfway, three-quarters through. And they also kind of dragged on the uh, Sasha injury angle a little bit earlier on. But other than that, I thought it was a really, really good match inside the cell. Not really disappointing, in my opinion. What was disappointing was, as you mentioned, the finish. Um, I wasn't irate, but it was more so confusing. Because being there in person, I can tell you that as soon as Charlotte got the one, two, three, it took me a solid five seconds to react because I couldn't believe it. I thought it was a botch for a second. I'm like, wait a second. She just wanted a fucking natural selection, which is a weak-looking finisher anyway. And they didn't go through the second table, which was weird. I don't know what was up with that. I don't know if that was planned or if she was supposed to go through the table. She wasn't actually hurt, obviously. But it was just, I don't know. The whole booking of this feud has been... Ridiculous. I mean, I told you last week, we've been talking about it for weeks now, that when Charlotte, or rather Sasha, was supposed to win at SummerSlam, they did the title change early. And then they had Charlotte win it back at SummerSlam. And then Sasha won it back on Raw. And then they do this. It's just, 
it just really makes no sense to me. And I don't know if they're trying to tie Ric Flair's record with Charlotte with the women's titles. I mean, she's already won it three fucking times in six months. Like, that's a lot. Like, if people are going to complain about Roman Reigns being a three-time WWE champion or John Cena, multi-time WWE champion, within a matter of months, there's no exception for Charlotte. I'm not complaining about Charlotte. I think she's great. I just thought the finish was just bizarre. Not only just, not only that Sasha should have won, it's just that this really doesn't set up anything interesting at all. I mean, there's Charlotte and Bailey, which they kind of teased on Monday night, but I think it's way too soon for Bailey to be getting in the uh, in the title picture. I mean, if Sasha regained or she retained her title on Sunday, you could have done her in a returning Emma. You have Nia Jax. There's Dana in there, and then you can build the Bailey down the line. So I feel like for right now, it was a bit premature. Was not a fan of the finish, but I thought the match itself was really good and couldn't have been happier to have been there in attendance for the first ever women's pay-per-view main event in WWE history. Yeah, and, and you know, just to rewind back, uh, we all had Reigns winning on Sunday. Uh, we all had Bailey beating uh, Dana Brooke. We all had, I guess, as much as I wanted Sheamus and Cesaro to finally break the streak, we all knew that New Day was going to retain, so that definitely happened. Um, Kevin Owens retaining the Universal Championship was something that me and you both agreed on. We, we kind of figured Jericho was going to get involved somehow, some way, and that's exactly what he did. Um, we were both wrong on the Charlotte-Sasha match, trying to remember what else happened on Hell in a Cell that we were... Um, oh, Enzo and Cass versus Club, too, and I think we both went with Club. Yeah, they, they won, but then, like, the next day you had that... Um, I already told you that I knew they were going to have this Halloween theme kind of stuff. <laughs> yep. You said trick or street fighting. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, so Enzo beat um, Luke Gallows <laughs> in a trick or street mm-hmm. fight on Raw. Um, so, again, you they get the victory on a pay-per-view, but they lose a one-on-one gimmick match on Raw. I have no idea what they're doing with either team. Um what else happened on Sunday that, that I'm missing, Grant? What else am I missing? Oh, uh, the uh, title change. Kendrick beat Perkins for the belt, too. And I think we both went with Kendrick. Yeah, we both had Kendrick. Um, you know, he, he, he baited TJ Perkins to kind of feel sorry for him. Or, you know, he had to fake, he pulled out a fake injury card. We, we've all seen that uh, many times. So, Brian Kendrick is a new Cruiserweight champion. Um, thankfully, I think it was uh, time. For him to become champion, I think he has a different attitude or brings brings a different uh, attitude uh, to that division. And um, again, uh, Charlotte is a new champion, already, like you said, three-time champion within uh, a year uh, or a year and a half. Um, yeah, they, 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 they might be playing to the, the pay-per-view undefeated record. They might be playing uh, to that Ric Flair 16-time world champion and they're trying to make her... Some sometime down the road, a 16-time women's champion. I think it's going very quick. She's already a three-time champion, and I think when you look at it from from abroad, um, when you take a step back, you look at that that division on Raw, and it's only Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, and, and, and Nia Jax compared to what they have on SmackDown. And going into Survivor Series, it's going to be Charlotte, Sasha. I'm sorry, Charlotte, Bailey, Nia Jax for now. And I think on SmackDown side, you have, I guess, the regular five of Becky, Nikki, Naomi, Alexa, and Carmella. So my question to you is, who do you think fills out the final two spots? Is it Sasha, or do you think she's going to 
they're gonna make her play off, you know, the the, the injury storyline, and they get two different females in there, or do you think she'll be a part of that team? If this was SmackDown, I would say keep her off TV to sell the injuries because she wasn't even on Raw this week. But right. I feel like for Raw, because like you said, there's really no depth on that show whatsoever. I think they have no choice. I mean, Alicia Fox would be a joke. She's she's barely on the show. Dana Brooke sucks, but you have to put her on the team because she's a prom- she's a prominent figure in the division, whether people like it or not. So I feel like even if Sasha is not the fifth person, uh, then who else really could it be? It can't be Alicia Fox. Summer Rae, I think, is still hurt, and she hasn't been on TV in forever anyway. I mean, I guess you could bring back Emma and put her in that spot, but I don't know. Sasha, next to Charlotte, I'm Bailey's not quite there yet. I mean, she's kind of you know, uh, fizzled out a little bit, but Sasha is the second biggest or the biggest women's star on that entire show, title or not, champion or not. So I feel like she has to be in the match. They've got another two weeks. They can wait until the go-home show to confirm her for the match. They can confirm Dana on Monday and Sasha the Monday after that. But I feel like it'd be a missed opportunity if she's not on the team because she's one of the best people to have in that division, if not the best person in that division on Monday Night Raw, if not the entire company. Now, do you think that they're going to wait for Charlotte to, you know, get to a major pay-per-view like the Rumble or WrestleMania for someone like uh, Sasha Banks, someone like a Bailey to defeat her at a major pay-per-view and to the, to conquer that undefeated streak that she has going? Or do you think that they just really want Charlotte to hold the belt for a very long time? The interesting thing is this. I mean, I heard, and you just got to take it a grain of salt. I had read somewhere, I think it was reported by the Observer Newsletter a couple of days ago, was that they changed the finish to the match. I mean, as a lot of people probably expected, Sasha was supposed to win up until like the day before the show. Um, and then when that happened, I guess it wasn't because of heat on Sasha. It wasn't because they wanted to keep the streak intact. I mean, I mean, that was just something that kind of happened. It was all like Undertaker Street. They didn't really notice until like 10 pay-per-views in. They're like, oh, shit, she's undefeated on pay-per-view in title matches. Let's go with it. And they didn't want to keep it intact just for that reason. At this point, I'd say why not? I mean, I know she'll be in the Survivor Series match, but the titles are not on the line, so it doesn't even really matter. I think it'd be a joke if they had to drop the belt at this point at Roadblock. We need just one definitive champion for a long period of time. I know people like the Attitude Era booking where the title goes back and forth. I'm not really a fan of that. I feel like in this case, it was really a massive waste of time. It makes Sasha look like a loser because she lost twice on pay-per-view, if not three times if you count WrestleMania, or four if you count Clash of Champions. So at this point, I would have had Sasha win a Hell in a Cell. They didn't do that. So at this point, I would just keep the belt on Charlotte until at least the Rumble or even WrestleMania to have Bailey beat her for it. Um, I would say to do I would say to do Charlotte, Sasha, and Bailey, but they just did that at the last pay per view, so you can't do that again. Um, I think the ending outcome is Bailey winning the belt at Mania. Hopefully, I hope they don't pull the trigger sooner than that. Um, but then, how do you get the belt back on Sasha before Mania? Like, I don't know where you go with this, but at this point, I feel like they might as well just keep the belt on her in the long haul because they've already done two title changes, so it's ridiculous by this point. Well, I guess my idea of having Nia Jax come down and rip the, the cage door open uh, wasn't in consideration at all. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about that is you pitched that two weeks ago, and I've seen several people say that on Twitter since you pitched it. So you were definitely one of the first, if not the first person to pitch it. And then I saw other people talking about it too, and I was kind of disappointed that it didn't happen. Because like I said, when Charlotte won, it's like, oh, like being there in attendance – RJ just, like, up and left. And I walked out, like, a second after two. I didn't even wait. I'm usually the one to wait. I was like, fuck this. 
No, people didn't even boo. It was just silence. Like, <clears throat> like if Sasha won, or even during the match, like Nia Jax comes out, I would have said until after Sasha wins, Nia comes out and attacks her. At least that, says, that sets up something new and interesting. This, it's like, oh, we've been there, done that, so who really cares? So I don't know. But I like that idea a lot more than what they went Since we're already in uh, in a uh, conversation about Survivor Series, also at Survivor Series, we already know about Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, but as far as the, the, the teams go, uh, we just mentioned the women's uh, uh, match. Then we're going to have... Trying to remember. Okay, the 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 Survivor Series tag team match. You gotta help me out because it's like twenty people involved. You have the Usos for for SmackDown is Usos, American Alpha, um, Raleigh and Slater and Rhino. The Hype Bros, Rhino and Slater, and who was the fifth tag team? Oh, no fifth tag team confirmed yet. I think they're gonna qualify on Tuesday SmackDown. They're gonna find out then. And right now, only the New Day is confirmed for Raw. Okay, so obviously I, I would assume New Day, Enzo, and Cass, right? Um, yeah, it's got to be New Day, Enzo, and Cass Club. Club. Then, oh, what's, ooh, uh, I mean, Sheamus oh, and Cesaro, I Cesaro, guess. Sheamus. I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, try, oh, what, what? Please don't tell me Golden Truth or, or or something like that. Please don't. It has to be. It's got. That's the thing. That's what I'm. That's what I'm worried about. I mean, there's no other tag teams. Deadly Boys are gone. So at this point, it's either got to be Golden Truth or Shining Stars, God forbid. Oh, I mean, my God. Bros, for as many people, that, for all the people that don't like the Hype Bros, they are the rockers compared to the Shining Stars or fucking uh, the Golden Truth. They're awful. Okay, so you're going to have 20 people involved in this match. Um, I assume that if you eliminate one person from, from a tag team, the whole tag team is out, right? Yeah, I mean, that's where they did it back in eighty. Seven, like one of the first few installments they did one of these matches. But yeah, I'd assume that's the way it works. Otherwise, it's going to go on for like three hours. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, so the fifth tag team for SmackDown yet to be determined, and the other four yet to be determined for Raw. And in the five-on-five men's match we have for Raw right now, we have Reigns, we have um, Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, and Braun Strowman, who won a battle royal on Monday to earn that spot. And there's a fifth man to, yet to be determined, which I think hopefully it's Seth Rollins. Um, on SmackDown, AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, and Baron Corbin. Do anybody Does anybody on these rosters um, surprise you or shock you? Not really. I mean, I told you a couple of weeks ago I would put Strowman on Raw and then Corbin on SmackDown. Those are the two ones that felt like were wild cards. I mean, Roman, Owens, Jericho, Styles, Ambrose, they were kind of givens, and I'm glad they, they were put on the team. I mean, like we talked about a few weeks ago, if they put a fucking Jack Swagger on here, God forbid, or someone else that no one else cares about, it would have been a joke. I mean, that's what they used to do back you know, years ago. They would put losers on these teams and... They'd be shocked when no one cared. At least these are the legitimate all-stars of each show. You have the WWE champion, universal champion, U.S. champion. You got all the top guys in each match. Um, I'm a little surprised Ziggler or Miz aren't on Team SmackDown, but I'm glad it worked out the way it did. I'm, I'm glad they put Y and Orton, because for one thing, that means we're not getting another boring-ass match between the two at the pay-per-view. Mm. Miz, I don't know what happens with him. I hope they find something good for him to do. But Ziggler's got that open challenge, which is, I think is a great idea. Um, but for Raw, I think it's got to be Rollins. I mean, I know people are saying there was a spoiler or uh, a screen cap on .com saying it was Sami Zayn. 
But Sami Zayn was tailor-made. Is tailor-made for that U.S. Uh, not the U.S. Open, but the IC Open with Dolph Ziggler uh, in Canada, no less. So I think that final spot goes to Rollins, as you said. But the rest of the teams, I think, look great. Okay, so that brings me to my next point. Dolph Ziggler is doing a an intercontinental championship challenge. Um, at Survivor Series for anybody on the Raw roster. I, w- I was going to ask you who on the Raw roster would be willing or is in that prime spot to challenge Dolph. Uh, you mentioned Sami Zayn, which I think he'll be up there for for consideration. Maybe a Rusev. Um, the, Miz not <clears throat> the Miz not being on the card gives me, you know, a, a, a second to think like, hmm, how they, how are they gonna? You can't leave the Miz totally off the pay per view. I, 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 to me, that's that's impossible. Does somehow he still challenges Dolph in that match? But saying now he's a part of Team Raw, or do you think it, it's gonna be someone that's already on the Raw roster? Yeah, I think it, it should be someone on the Raw roster. I've seen some speculation as from what you just said from people saying, "Oh, it could be Miz." To me, that would be such a waste. I mean, the guy's got a rematch clause anyway. And I feel like they are, they will do the match. But then I was thinking, like, why the fuck are they doing Ziggler and Miz in the next show? I mean, I feel like they should have blown it off by now because the feud hit its peak at No Mercy last month. But if they want to continue it, fine. But then I'm thinking to myself, okay, if they're not going to do it at Survivor Search, which they should not, because Miz should not go to Raw, one of the biggest reasons why Miz is so hot right now is because he's on SmackDown. He would not get that same opportunity on right. He'd be right back to where he was a year ago if he was on Raw. So right. that should not happen. Um, that, that would be just kind of a waste. And I know he wouldn't win anyway. So I would not have it be Miz. I'd have it be Sami Zayn. There's really no one else from Raw that sticks out. I mean, Cesaro would be cool, but he's busy with Sheamus right now and vice versa. Um, like you said, Rusev, if he's not a part of the show, I'd be slightly surprised because he's kind of in prominently featured for the last couple months, but I guess they could leave him off the show. I don't know. I'd have it be Sami Zayn, and I would have Sami win the belt, honestly, and I'd put him on SmackDown. I mean, excuse to get him off Raw because he's been wasted over there. But I think the whole reason why they're doing this is a lot like what they announced on Talking Smack this week is that they saved Ziggler and Miz, which is, I think, in only two weeks after Survivor Series, so it's not really that long of a turnaround time at all. They could do Ziggler and Miz there in a ladder match. Or, uh, you know, one of those matches. Because I know they confirmed Styles and Ambrose for the show in a TLC match. So I would save that rematch for that pay-per-view. Because, you know, we complain about Hell in a Cell not having feuds that really, like, are worthy of the cell. Um, Ziggler or Miz has been going on for months. I think it makes perfect sense to blow it off in a ladder match. So if it plays out that way, if that's the direction they're going in, then I'm completely happy with what, you know, what they're doing right now with Ziggler, Miz, and maybe Zane and whoever else. So regardless of regardless of who Dolph fights at Survivor Series, you think the Intercontinental Championship is going to stay on SmackDown, or Ziggler definitely has to retain the belt? Well, I mean, if, if like a guy like Sami Zayn won, which I think he should, because mm-hmm. it's in Canada, right? And I'm not saying that they should put the belt on Raw because he's a Raw guy. I think they would do something along the lines of like when Swagger won the World Title a few years ago, and he was a Raw guy. They switched them over to SmackDown right afterwards. So I think if Sammy, if Sammy won, he would sign with SmackDown. They would bring. I think that'd be a great excuse to bring him over to the blue brand. I mean, I guess they could pull a Jack Swagger or like my contract's expiring, but they already kind of did that. They could do trades and shit. But I feel like it'd be a lot easier just to have him win the belt. And Ziggler's good, but I feel like Zayn would be a lot better of a nicer champion than Ziggler because people care about Sammy Zayn. I mean, it's kind of waiting at this point because he's not doing anything right now. But um, I feel like having him win the belt in Canada 
his first ever singles title on the main roster um, as a surprise opponent for Ziggler in what could be an awesome match. Bring him over to SmackDown. I think it's a win-win for almost anybody. And then you can turn Ziggler heel maybe. Like, there's so many different possibilities that can come out of that. I mean, he can lose and still go over to SmackDown, but uh, I think Sami Zayn is the guy, really the only one I want to see answer that open challenge. Or we can go with your route and have Dolph, uh, Dolph Ziggler go over at Survivor Series and then Miz does his rematch against Dolph at TLC in a typical ladder match, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you can either have Sammy win, which I'd be super thrilled with. I mean, but the guy doesn't, he doesn't lose anything in, in losing, if that makes sense. I mean, he looks even stronger in defeat because he's an underdog. So I'd be fine with that, too, when people aren't going to boo Ziggler, um, and at least in that scenario. So, yeah, you can have Ziggler retain. I'd still move Sammy over to SmackDown regardless. But, yeah, I would, uh, I, I would do the rematch between Miz and Ziggler in a ladder match, which they, I, a lot of people thought they should have done at No Mercy, but it makes more sense now that they're waiting. For TLC, I think that kind of writes itself. Now, with the whole Survivor Series things, you know, being cross-branded or both uh, both brands being represented, do you think? I would hope. I think they should. But do you think that, you know, like how they were uh, promoting Brock and Randy Orton? You saw Orton as a member of SmackDown pop up on Raw. You saw Brock Lesnar, who's on Raw, pop up on SmackDown. Do you think at any point? That in order to, to to really make this Survivor Series thing uh, mean something, um, or for, for for bragging rights, that somebody on the other show should just pop up on uh, someone on SmackDown should pop up on Raw just to kind of feel like, hey, listen, like you know, you guys aren't gonna beat us at Survivor Series, whether it's a female, whether it's somebody from the men's side, just to pop up, just just to kind of give a warning or a message that my team is gonna be superior than yours or do you think they're just not even going to do that no i'd be fine with that i mean i know a lot of people were complaining after um after the whole lesnar orton thing that you mentioned before SummerSlam, like oh it ruined the brand so it's like people calm down it's fucking summer slam it's interpromotional anyway and it's sense to do this but they don't do it every single week i think it's great i mean i think the orton thing worked with lesnar perfectly we talked that we talked about the months ago here in the show um, but I think if they do something similar before Survivor Series, and they're not doing it every single week, which they can't really anyway. They only have two shows left until the pay-per-view. Um, but if you're going to do, you know, I would do it on the go-home show. I don't know why not. I mean, you can have Team SmackDown invade Raw, do some sort of massive brawl to close the show. They got Goldberg and Lesnar in that show already confirmed, too. Their first, well, you know, since 2004 before Survivor Series. So, yeah, I mean, I think that'd be a great way to go off that go-home show on Raw. Um, before or even SmackDown and whatever, and then they can retaliate on Tuesday night. There's a lot of ways to go with it, but if they keep it limited and they don't overdo it, but they do it maybe once or twice if you include on both shows, I think it could go off great. I think it'd be a great way to get people hyped for the pay per view. Yeah, true, but I mean, don't have like the hype bros come on Raw and beat up end zone cast. So, like, <laughs> it has to be yeah, somebody no significant. About that. Yeah, as long as it, if it like AJ showed up on Raw. To attack, I don't know, Roman Reigns or something, people would go nuts. So it's, I think you got to limit it to the women would be nice, but I think it'd make a lot more sense if it was just that main men's match they did that with, the crossovers with. I would really hope if they really go through this whole, you know, I, I, I might as well bring it up now, the whole thing about Randy Orton, uh, quote unquote, joining the Wyatt family, because we still have no idea if, if it's true or if it's uh, legit. But if it is, I would really hope that. You know, this whole Survivor Series thing with having Baron Corbin on the roster. I mean, if you ask me, you know, 
What's a good wife, family, foursome? It's Luke Harper, Bray Wyatt. If Randy Orton is really going to be there, fine. And Baron Corbin. I, I, me, maybe I'm just fantasy booking this whole thing. Or really hoping that Corbin Jones, the Wyatt family, because I think he just kind of fits that mold. Do you think that maybe him being on the Survivor Series team with both Orton and Bray Wyatt, that they might maybe down the road be leaning to recruiting Baron Corbin to join the Wyatt family? There's a chance. I know people have been saying that for years, that Baron Corbin has really been tailor-made for the Wyatt family, and I can see that, and I wouldn't be mad at that, but I think his whole lone wolf character is perfect. I think right. if people watched this Talking Smack promo from a few weeks ago, or him on Breaking Ground even on the network from a year ago, I think he's perfect on his own. I wouldn't put him with like a... I know people were saying like put him with Ziggler as a heater, like a diesel-like guy, which I can see, but at the same time, I think you know Corbin's way better off on his own. Um, I think the Wyatt family... I love Bray Wyatt. I mean, we've been over this a million times, but I think the guy's damaged goods. Or at least the Wyatt family brand could be damaged goods. And the whole Orton thing is a ruse anyway. Uh, for now, maybe until TLC, I don't know, and they face off in a fucking tables match or something, I don't know. But uh, I think Corbin is better off on his own because I think he has, he's not damaged. I feel like there's still a lot more to salvage with Corbin. Um, you know, since the swagger feud ended, they really haven't done much with him, but he can be a big star for SmackDown. And I really hope that this his involvement in this match kind of cements him as a top star. Maybe not the guy on SmackDown, but he gets a step closer to you know, feuding with AJ or Ambrose or someone coming out of Survivor Series because I think he is deserving of a top spot on that show. Speaking of Diesel, underrated match against Bret Hart, Survivor Series 95 for the championship. I, I just want to point that out there. Very much so. That was probably one of the best Survivor Series matches of all time that was not an elimination tag match yet. Great match. And I think, I could be wrong, but I think one of the f- first few um, that kind of really they went outside and they had somebody go through a table. I know Brett went through the table, so that was like again, again back in '95. You know things are changing in, in the company, in the business, and when you see Brett go off the apron onto the table, it was like back then, like oh shit, like what the hell just happened? Now it's like very common. Anybody can go through a freaking table, but back then. Just going at you know Diesel was a a a, uh, a champion for about a year or go or a little after a year, going up against Bret Hart and we all know what happened with Diesel later on going to WCW. But I think that was one of his greater matches, and I think still to this day very underrated. Very much underrated. I don't think Diesel's a great worker by any stretch, but I think I'd be hard pressed to find a better Diesel match in this company than that one. I mean, if anyone can get a great match out of Diesel, it's fucking Bret Hart. I mean, that kind of speaks for itself. But even the Michaels match for WrestleMania 11 wasn't great. I mean, it was it was good. It wasn't great. I don't think that match was really as great as that one was with uh, Bret Hart from 95. That, that whole year is trash. <laughs> Not a lot of great matches from 95. But if you can find a few hidden gems from that year, they almost always involve either Bret Hart or uh, Shawn Michaels, the latter match being an example. But... uh no, that, that was a great match, definitely. 1995, 19, 1995 produced one one of the two worst WrestleManias on record. <laughs> WrestleMania 11, and the other WrestleMania is WrestleMania 9. 9. Atrocious. 11 and 9 were the, were the worst two. I don't know whether it was the location. You know, like, WrestleMania 11 in... No, just, just hear this. WrestleMania in Hartford, Connecticut is like... 
really? Like, <laughs> you put the grandest yeah. stage of them all in Hartford? Like, I mean, no disrespect, but uh, WrestleMania 9 being in, um, in Las Vegas, which is cool, but I think the matches were just what it was. And Again, that was back in 1993, 95, we're going back 20-plus years, but um, we just totally steered off Survivor Series to, to 20 years ago, Grant. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Took a DeLorean back to 1995. All right, let, let's get back on track. Um, at Survivor Series, we're going to have Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. Um, Goldberg appeared on Raw on Monday. Um, got interrupted by Paul Heyman, and then Rusev came out. He said his, uh, you know, his whatever. And um, Goldberg jackhammered Rusev and then speared Paul Heyman. Uh, not saying it was the greatest drag, uh, jackhammer and the greatest spear. Uh, Goldberg, you could tell, looks a little rusty. But um, how how did you make out the um, the whole promo with Lesnar? I'm sorry, with, with, with Heyman, Rusev, and Goldberg, and him. Um, laying out Rusev and laying out Paul Heyman. I thought it was good. I enjoyed the segment. I was surprised they had him do those moves before the pay-per-view. And someone jokingly pointed out that during Goldberg's return promo, he said he had one last spear in him and one last jackhammer in him. So people were joking that those were the the, the first and only time they would <laughs> see those, those, those moves. Um, and he would not do them in Survivor Series. But I thought the segment itself was good. Um, I thought Heyman's promo was a, a massive improvement over the what the hell that was supposed to be last week, which was an abortion of a, of a promo. It was terrible. But, um, no, yeah, I thought this was good. I thought Goldberg looked good. Not not great, like you said. I'm kind of surprised. I was surprised now in retrospect. They didn't do it on a smaller guy. I know they're pushing, like, Bo Dallas. They're trying to push Bo Dallas, but someone like that. Mm-hmm. Like, bring out Curtis Axel or something to have him do a jackhammer at him because it would have been a lot easier. Rusev's a big guy. He's on the same level as Goldberg. He could be the same weight for all we know. So uh, for as much as I can guess anyway. So I'm surprised they did it on him. It was a cool visual. And I know he slipped up. He tripped. But it's like, that doesn't mean the guy's going to suck in the ring. That was one little thing. He's got ring rust. I was fine with it. It didn't make me any less excited for their match at Survivor Series, the uh, Goldberg-Lesnar match. Heyman taking a spear was cool. But, again, Heyman's no trained professional. I can't remember one bump that Heyman's taken that has looked, ever looked good. I think people have gone on record and said that he's scared of taking bumps and shit. He does not like to take bumps. He's a big guy anyway, so they should not. No one should be attacking Paul Heyman just because it never looks good. But, um, no, the overall segment I thought it was fine. It got people pumped up for the match. It was something different from what we saw last time from Goldberg, so I thought it was good. Yeah, I, I just... You know, some question why Rusev, you know, I guess he was kind of, you know, being in the mix for the U.S. title. Just had, just had a Hell in a Cell match the night before. It could have been Bo Dallas. It could have been Titus O'Neil. It could have been any anybody else on the roster, but why him? So some people on Twitter was like, why you with Rusev? Why why him? I said, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're... Maybe they're aiming for Goldberg, Rusev, in a Hell in a Cell match, Graham. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> Next week, hashtag book it. On Raw, Hell in a Cell, Rusev and Goldberg before his match against Brock Lesnar. Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm still interested in the match. Um, do you think the match goes on last at Survivor Series, or do you think the 5-on-5 five five men's match goes on last? Yeah, it's going to be Goldberg-Lesnar. I mean, that's the match they're building around. I was shocked that it Goldberg, or rather Orton-Lesnar, in the main event of SummerSlam a few months ago. So if they're going to put that in the main event of SummerSlam, I think it'd be weird if they didn't do Goldberg-Lesnar. I mean, it's not going to be the best match in the show by any stretch. 
And uh, any other show, I would put the Raw and SmackDown match last. I mean, they, they could surprise us. They very well could. I mean, let's look at the past three or four pay-per-views. They put fucking, they put the women in the main event, which they deserve to be. And then for SmackDown, they put Orton and Wyatt, of all people, in the main event. So you, you never know what's going to happen with this company. But, uh, yeah, no, I feel like it, it will be Goldberg-Lesnar. That's the big attraction. They've built that up for the past month and a half. They, they uh hyped up Orton and Lesnar up, you know, for like a fucking month and a half to almost two months. So I think that's kind of the reason why they probably would put that match on last that Survivor Series. Now you mentioned Orton and Wyatt, and I know we mentioned him a, a few minutes ago, but now on SmackDown, it, it appears that Randy Orton has has joined the Wyatt family as of now. Uh, we don't know how that's going to play out, but kind of give me the pros and cons of you know, him joining, but doing a Daniel Bryan and him just, you know, switching up and turning on Bray Wyatt. Or do you think that Randy Orton joining the Wyatt family is going to last long? Yeah, I know. I don't think it's going to last long. I'd be surprised. I mean, at this point, it'd be almost impossible to break Daniel Bryan's record of having been in the Wyatt family for like two weeks or something like that a couple of years ago. Mm. But uh, for Orton, I feel like, like I said, it's only a placeholder for now. I think it'd be silly with, with the feud that they've had. I mean, I get putting Roman Reigns and, you know, Rollins and Owens, like arch rivals on the same team, or like Ambrose and Styles for SmackDown. For me, it would make no sense if it was Wyatt and Orton on the same team if they were still rivals or opponents or something. So I like that they're doing this. It's better than the Hocus Pocus Warrior Hogan 98-esque bullshit they were doing before, which was terrible. Um, this is not amazing, but it's a lot better. So I'll take it for now. But I'm sure it's only a little kind of an excuse to get them on the same team for Survivor Series. And very well, you know, he, he could turn on them in the match. You know, I don't know. but And then they'll probably do some sort of match, you know, blow-off match, a TLC and a, and a TLC, or not a TLC match, but a tables match or a chairs match or something like that. Um, I could hope just so they can, they can go their separate ways. But for now, I think Orton, as part of the Wyatt family, is intriguing. I just don't think it's going to last long. Also on SmackDown, or I, I should say Talking Smack, that um, it was uh, said that AJ Styles will defend the, the WWE Championship against Dean Ambrose at TLC in a TLC match. Um, so that main event is a month and a half or a month uh, made, made a month ahead of time, which I think is great because sometimes people just need to know what's going on prior. Um what did you? What do you make of that announcement being made so far um, ahead of time? And do you think this would be the the finality of AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose and their little feud? It has to be. I mean, I thought it was ridiculous. It, it kind of saved us last week when Styles won via DQ over Ambrose because of the whole James Ellsworth thing. I was thinking, great. So now we don't get another back to back straight match of. Ambrose and Styles in a title match. We got it anyway this week for some reason. We got it again. Um, and I would have been like, are you kidding me? Because I thought they were going to do the title match this coming week. So we would have gotten three straight weeks of the same match, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, the matches are always good, but it's like, okay, switch it up already. Is there really no one else in that brand they can put in that slot for now until the next pay-per-view? But this makes a lot of sense. Um, again, like I said with Ziggler and Miz, I think at this point it would be silly if they did anyone else but Ambrose against Styles at that TLC, at that TLC pay-per-view. I think Cena's coming back in late December, so he won't even be at TLC anyway. From what I understand, he won't even be at Survivor Series. 
So um, I think it, I think it's perfect. I think you keep the feud going long enough to blow it off in a match that is worthy of it being blown off in. That's again the same thing with Hell in the Cell. I mean, what a concept! Having a feud blow off that's been going on for months inside a specialty match that means something. Um, so then that's great, and they could have a kick-ass match. I think it's perfect for those guys. Every match they've had, Backlash, SmackDown, No Mercy, whatever, have all been awesome. And I'm sure this TLC match will be no different. So I like the booking a lot now that I think about it. Okay, so now I, I just read somewhere that the main event for Roadblock is going to be Kevin Owens defending the, the Universal Championship against Roman Reigns. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard about that or uh, it's out there on your end, but from where I'm reading right now, Roadblock, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns uh, for the title. Um, I want to ask you, are you a fan of Roman Reigns being... If that were to happen, him being back in the title picture so quickly, even though he's still the U.S. champion. I heard there were discussions about that, and then I read earlier today that it was not confirmed, but now it's being advertised by, uh, uh, I, I don't know, the Wells Fargo Center, wherever they're going to be for that pay-per-view. I think it's in Philly. I'm not sure exactly. but So it's pretty much all but confirmed, and I would not be surprised because they obviously teased it on Monday by doing Jericho and Reigns. Uh, yeah, Jericho and Reigns, and they might build the Owens and Reigns beyond Survivor Series. I'm not a fan of it. I mean, the match could be good. They've had matches in the past that were good, so that's not the problem. Um, I just think that's the last thing either one of those guys needs right now. I think it'd be, I, I don't know when Jericho's leaving, but I think you have to do Jericho and Owens before he leaves. And I thought it'd be the onset of 2018 or 2017. Um, that does not appear to be the case right now. But it's like the whole point of putting that fucking title on Roman Reigns was to ensure that he was not in the main event. And now he's going to be back in the main event. So, like, what's, what, what is he really doing for that U.S. championship? If he's going to go for the universal title and not really focus on that U.S. championship, it's counterproductive. It's a fucking waste of that title. That could go to a Cesaro or a Sammy or, or somebody else, you know? So, I don't know. I feel like it's such a waste. You can do that feud down the line. But for right now, well, Roman Reigns is the fucking U.S. champion. It's, it's such a waste of that title. So, I, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm sure they will go in that direction. I'm just not a fan of that feud right now anyway, really at all. So that tweet came from, uh, it, Roadblock is coming from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at the PPG Paints Arena. And that Twitter account actually tweeted out breaking news and just announced Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, for the title, so I mean, like you said, I, I think Kevin Owens and, and Y2J a one on one for the title should have been done at Survivor Series before they mentioned this whole five on five kind of stuff. Um, Roman Reigns being the U.S. champion, going for the the main Universal Championship. I don't know, man. I I mean, I don't think he'll win. I think Kevin Owens can hold off until the Rumble. With the belt, I, I, I doubt he'll hold off to WrestleMania. I could be wrong, but like you said, what's the benefit of, of having hypothetically win the belt and becoming both Universal and U.S. champion? Like, what happens to the U.S. title? Who who gets a shot at that belt? Does Roman Reigns walk around with two belts? I don't know. Uh, I hope not, but I think they're, you know, just like, SmackDown made the, the the main event for TLC a month uh, a month uh, ahead of time. The same thing Raw did with, with Roadblock, putting Kevin Owens and and, and um, Reigns out there. But 
Uh, I I really thought that that Y2J would be in the mix. He might get a he might get a title shot like on a on a Raw or the or the Monday Night Raw after Survivor Series because I assume they'll still be in Canada. So maybe then, and then we have no idea how long Jericho is going to be there for. So maybe they're taking the extra steps or extra precaution in the event Jericho is going to be out. Um, they put Roman Reigns back in, in that spot, and we saw something on Monday that you know now Reigns is 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 now in the mix with Kevin Owens and Y2J, and now Seth Rollins making the save and. Him saving Roman Reigns, they kind of stare at each other, and everybody's like, oh, Shield reunion, Shield reunion, and, and you know they they did that before a few months a, a few months ago, but nothing happened. Now it's happening uh, again. What do you make of Seth Rollins helping out Ro- Roman Reigns for the second time? Does it mean anything, or do you think it's a slow burn to a potential Shield reunion? Like you said, I mean, it happened a few months ago after a steel cage match. I want to say in the go-home show before Clash of Champions, and it went nowhere. They didn't even address it the next week. So who's to say they won't completely forget about it this week? I thought Hartford's reaction was great, though. They had yes chance. I don't know if they said holy shit, but it was a cool response when they kind of locked eyes on Monday. A bigger response than the last time inside the cage a couple months ago. Um, but I feel like that's only really to set up the Survivor Series team. They'll probably be on the same team. If Rollins is not on that team, it's a joke. Because um, the guy was just in the Universal title picture. How can he not be on Team Raw? So I think it's really only to set up that. But beyond that, I think, I think it'd be cool to really cement Rollins as a babyface. I, I don't know. I mean, he's been a fine babyface so far, but I think it'd be cool if him and Roman kind of hooked up. I think it's really a beneficial you know, pairing for both guys. Roman gets booed anyway. It's not like they're going to boo Rollins like they would the Usos when he was associated with Roman, when they were associated with the Roman Reigns. But, um... I think it's a cool little thing to do for now because Ambrose is on SmackDown. You kind of get that alliance going. So not a full-blown Shield reunion, but I think for right now to counter Jericho, I think it'd be a great little pairing going into Survivor Series. So now to have a a, a full to have a full Shield reunion, um, it it wouldn't make sense to do it without Dean Ambrose being on Raw, right? Well, now that you mention that, I mean, you can't do a full Shield reunion when, when Ambrose is on Smack. Nor should they. I think it's still a little early to do even a full-blown reunion with all three guys. But right. you do this, you do a little something between Rollins and Reigns now on Raw, you can do something with Ambrose at the pay-per-view. Because Ambrose is on the opposite team, so they could do something with all three guys, a lot like with Strowman and Wyatt. They're on opposite teams, too. So I think there's a lot of cool factors to this match, and I'm really looking forward to those being two of them. Now, my question to you is, I, I, I think, you know, I know we're jumping ahead, but I think AJ will still be champion at the TLC. And I got to ask you, who's next in line um, at the Dean Ambrose for the for the championship? Uh, is it John Cena? Uh, John Cena is not even on Survivor Series, which, you know, at first you would think John Cena would be on the, on the SmackDown team. He's not. Um, is it Randy Orton? Is it somebody else? Who's who should be next in line after Dean Ambrose in the event AJ Styles wins at TLC? Mm, and I think he should win. Like I said, I, mean, I think it's still too early. I know he won the belt in September. And don't tell me Ellsworth either. Yeah, James <laughs> Ellsworth, I guess, could be an option. But uh, um, you know what I was thinking? I know we talked to this before. I hope they blow off. The Orton-Wyatt thing. I know it's cool they're on the same team or whatever, but I think it is built into a specialty match at TLC. They blow it off there. Orton wins finally, whatever. 
and then you can do Styles and Orton going into the Rumble, which I think would be a really fucking kick-ass match. They're not doing Styles and Shawn Michaels. I hope people, I really wish oh, people would stop hoping for that because it's, it's not happening. Would it be a sick-ass match? Of course it would be. But I hope people don't get their hopes up because it's not happening. Um, but I think Orton and Styles would be just as good wrestling-wise, and that could be a great match. So I hope Orton's the next one in line to get a title shot. Okay, now what about The Miz? Miz goes in, let's say he gets the rematch for the IC title at, uh, with Dolph at TLC. He loses. He says, fuck all this. I'm going after the main belt. AJ, what's up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could, I could see that happening. I really want to see Miz get involved in the main event scene again at some point. It's just that I don't know if the timing's right. Just because he is a heel, and he should stay heel. He's a great heel. Same thing with AJ. Um, I mean, I guess they could turn AJ, but I'd rather see Ambrose go heel first. I think Ambrose needs it more um, before they can turn Styles. But, yeah, so um, I don't know. I feel like it, going forward in a roadblock, there's a couple different options. They should get into the main event run at some point, maybe not necessarily before WrestleMania. But uh, if he can maintain this momentum as he should, then I could definitely see him getting involved in the main event at some point. Maybe not as soon as Royal Rumble, but they could have some really good matches too. I know Styles and Miz faced off quite a few times earlier this year and they always had good matches and I know that you know the, the title matches themselves aren't really the uh, selling point of the rumble so if they wanted to do a heel and heel match between Styles and Miz it, it'd be just fine so that could be an option too yeah and you know me just thinking about the Miz and what's next for him the on-air thing he has going on with Daniel Bryan, I'm sure people are going to be asking questions or even like yourself wondering, you know, are they going to pay this off at some time? You you can't just have The Miz and Daniel Bryan argue and this and that and uh, on TV and then like there's no payoff. Do you think that they would actually do that and have no payoff of an on-screen rivalry between Miz and Daniel Bryan, or do you think that down the road, maybe, they might consider the payoff being The Miz and Daniel Bryan in a one-on-one -on -one match? I will say this. I think there's a better chance of Daniel Bryan coming out of retirement than Shawn Michaels, but I still think it's very unlikely. I know RJ and I were talking about this like a week or so ago, and he was adamant about the idea. And this is before the whole Miz-Bryan uh, segment on SmackDown this week, which really got heated, and I thought it was great. But uh, he said to me that they will build to Miz and Brian at the Rumble. Is it possible? Anything's possible. I just don't think it's happening. I feel like the Miz, or if you're going to bring Brian back at a retirement for one more match, when we heard all these rumors months ago, they would have done it already. They would have done it at SummerSlam. They would have done it at Survivor Series. I don't think they, they're... WWE, is all, as we all know, is not a long-term thinking company. They, they don't think that long-term, especially now in November. They kind of wait right before WrestleMania before they confirm anything. Um, so, again, I feel like Brian was going to wrestle. He would have done it already. I don't think he's going to come back out of retirement one match. There's the whole concussion thing. Michaels has a choice. He just doesn't want to come back in. Brian, on the other hand, does not want to come back in the ring. He, he can't come back in the ring. He wants to, but he can't because the whole concussion thing and the company's already under enough, you know, uh, pressure to, as it is in the whole concussion lawsuit and the whole concussion movie, so that they're not going to do it. Um, I mean, could they? Sure. And then there's, like I said, a better chance of Brian and, and Styles, I'm sorry, Brian and Miz than AJ and HBK, but uh, I still don't see it happening. And to answer your question, I don't see them blowing off the angle. Um, I don't know how they would do it without Brian wrestling. I guess they could have someone 
fight for him, but Brian Hermes already lost the belt. So I, I don't know. I feel like this is just something to keep us entertained for right now. All right, so we had Hell in a Cell last last week. We got Survivor Series coming up. Uh, we now know the main event for both TLC and, and I think Roadblock, if, if that uh, stat holds up with Kevin Owens and, and Roman Reigns for the Universal title. We know Rumble is in San Antonio. Um, we got Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, so uh, should be a very interesting two months. But I want to ask you, Grant, before we uh, log off, um, what are you most excited to see coming up for Survivor Series or the next two months in wrestling? I think it's going to be a stacked next couple months. I think there's a lot of things to look out for. I mean, we have the whole you know roadblock thing with what you just mentioned, Owens and Reigns, which I'm not a huge fan of, but New Day could be breaking their record as tag team champions around that point. Styles and Ambrose should be kick-ass Survivor Series-wise. Uh, obviously, Goldberg stepping back in the ring one more time, regardless of how shitty the match could be. I think it could be a spectacle. It could go either way. That could be a good match. I'm really looking forward to more than anything else the Raw and SmackDown men's match. I think all the Raw and SmackDown matches are going to be good, um, but I'm really looking forward to that match specifically. And even, I know we didn't even mention this, but TakeOver, I think it's going to be fucking lit, too. With uh, Bobby Roode, Ty Dillinger, Oscar versus Mickey James, the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, Nakamura versus Joe, maybe a Tag Team title match. That shows probably what I'm looking forward to most, more than anything else right now in WWE. Um, but I'm thinking the next two months, at least in this company, are going to be really good before the uh, road to WrestleMania kicks in. Hey, quick thought. Did you ever think about probably a long shot, but knowing that Mickey James is on NXT the night before, that she could be one of the five wrestlers for uh, for for Raw for the women's team. She could be. They could they could bring her in as a mystery uh as, as a mystery tag team partner. It's definitely possible. I hope it is. I I, I like Mickey James. She's one of my top three top three favorite of all time. I think I told you that already. <laughs> yeah, she's great. No, I can't argue with that. She's awesome. Need to see her back on Raw or SmackDown one of these days. Definitely. So um. We covered a lot, Graham, uh, for those who listen to this podcast. We're on iTunes and SoundCloud, and we, me and Graham are doing something new also on Bumpers. Uh, do a little quick five, ten-minute segment. Um, we're going to go over to that now and talk about you, your guys' reaction to the question I put out on Twitter of the greatest Survivor Series teams and greatest Survivor Series matches that you've, you've seen. So I, I got a few responses uh, I do want to get Graham's responses on on that uh, little quick episode, but um, before we get to that, Graham, you're on Wrestle Rant on Twitter. You do great work for Bleacher Report, so go out and, and check them out. And Graham, I'll see you on the other side on Bumpers, man. Sounds good, Randy. I'll catch you down the road. All right.